Hello and welcome to another podcast brought to you by Life Community Church, Leamington Spa. Recorded at one of our Sunday morning services, we hope this message inspires, equips and encourages you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. I invite you to stand to your feet. We're going to hear the word of God right now. And uh, you're sitting really well, listening really well. And we're just going to pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, that your word can change our lives. And I pray that, Lord, you speak to our hearts right now in the few moments I've got just remaining. That you would really, Holy Spirit, you would penetrate our hearts. You know where every person is right now in terms of their walk with you. You know the challenges they're facing in different situations of their lives. You know uh, the journey that we're on as a church. Lord, speak to our hearts. And we'll be, do our best just to follow all that you're asking for us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As you take your seat, turn to the person next to you, say, get ready. Great. Wonderful. Welcome, my name is Dave. I'm one of the leaders here. It's my joy to, to start with part five of our, of our message series, which is looking at the uh, called Days of Elijah, looking at the, um, the events of the prophet Elijah. A prophet is someone that spoke on behalf of God in the Old Testament and, and modern day as well. Uh, but we're looking at this guy called Elijah. But this is a key ver- verse for us, thank you. Key verse for us is, The effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. We need to know that, church, because we can put these people on a pedestal thinking, it's okay for them, they're in the Bible. What about me today in my life and the complexity of my life in, in this day and age in which we live? But the Bible says that Elijah was no different to you and I. Take that to heart this morning. Notice the person next to you say, Elijah is no different to you. And give me a wave. If life has sometimes not turned out the way you were expecting. So across this place, and probably everyone listening on podcasts, thank you, everyone is probably waving at me thinking, there's times in our lives where things don't actually turn out as we expect. And we might, there might be an event that happens, and we think, oh, what if? Anyone ever think that sometimes? What if? Be honest. Let's, we can confess our sins. <laughs> We're in church. We can confess. We, I hear someone think, well, what if that happens? I'm a thinker. I'm a thinker. Sometimes I think, what if, what if I don't get the exam result at university that I need to get? How that would, might that affect my, my career? What if um, this news, I'm going for a, 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 a checkup at the doctor's, what if it's a bad report? What if um, I've got this bill and I don't get the money to pay this bill? And the what if, can turn to a series of negative thinking in our minds, can't it? Yeah? Yeah? And often I say to people, don't think, what if? Because it hasn't happened. Turn to your other neighbour now and say, but what if? There's, different, there's, a different, there's a different tone, there's a different voice. What if can be the voice of negativity and fear, but what if? is the voice of faith and hope that it may not happen as you and I may think it might. 
And I want to say this today. God shows up in the small and the spectacular. God shows up in the small and the spectacular. In the small things of life and the spectacular things of life. Asking God for direction. Sometimes he speaks in a small voice. And sometimes he speaks in a spectacular way that you know but you know that it is God. Sometimes it's just unclear. Very quickly, Elijah, on the land of the nation of Israel, there's been no rain for three and a half years as a punishment for people turning away from God, Yahweh. And now Elijah's been praying that it would rain. God said, present yourself to the king. And he's had this amazing victory. If you weren't here last week, tune in the podcast, what Leanne brought last week. Amazing victory on Mount Carmel where God showed that he was the one real true God because they had two different altars with the, uh, with the sacrifices on it and the prophets of the false god, Baal, were dancing around and slashing themselves and, and crying out loud, Baal, Baal, would you answer, would you cause fire to, to burn this offering? And nothing happened because it's a, not a true God. And Elijah started taking the mickey out of them and, and then it came to Elijah's turn. Remember, Elijah's nature like ours. In boldness, he laid the, uh, the, the offering on the altar and he made it really, really hard for God. Can you do that? He put water, bucket loads of water on, on the offering so it was really damp and the wood was damp. And he called on, on to God. And it said that a fire appeared and licked up the water and burned the offering. Because there is only one God. We might put small g gods in our path, things that we put in the way of God, in the place of God, but God deserves the first place in our lives. This is an amazing thing happened on Mount Carmel, and you know, there's blood, sweat, and tears in, in, the, in the Bible, and uh, Elijah killed the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah. 850 people lost their life by the sword of Elijah. Elijah is a man with nature like you and I, but he was fierce. He was fierce. And now we go on to this really quickly. I'm going to rush through this. So Elijah said to Ahab, go up and eat and drink. There's the sound of the abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and drink. So he had a bit of a party. And Elijah went to the top of Carmel, where he just uh, had this amazing miracle performed. Then he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees. I don't even know he can do that. And he said to his servant, go up now and look toward the sea. So he, his servant, went and looked and said, there is nothing. And seven times he said, go again. Church, sometimes we've got to go again. We've got to go again. So we pray so often, maybe one time, and expect God to do it, but God wants us to go again and go again. Believe again, believe again, give again, give again. Go again, go again. Because there's a sound of the abundance of rain. There's a sound of blessing that God wants for not just us, but for our community. Then it came to pass the seventh time. Everyone say seventh. Seventh means perfection and completion in numerology in the Bible. And the seventh time that he, uh, oh, the seventh time that he said, there is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, go up and say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Who knows that the rain was already there? The rain was already there in the, in the life cycle of water. And where it gathers, it was always there, although it was naked to the unseen eye, it was always there. Because God had already sent, sent, sent the command saying, present yourself to Ahab, for there is gonna be, it's going to rain. 
The rain was always there. Sometimes in your life, you don't see what's there, but God has commanded it to be so. But it isn't always as you expect. It doesn't make God cruel or bad, but it is, sometimes he's a multifaceted God and is working out various things, not just in your life, but in the life of our loved ones too. Now, it happened in the meantime, the sky came black with clouds and wind, and there was a heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. And the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah, and he girded up his loins and ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Now, picture this. Elijah is probably absolutely amazing. God has come through to him in a powerful way on Mount Carmel. And now he's thinking, right, it's time to put King Ahab. King Ahab has obviously seen, seen this as a witness. He's now on my side. Now it's going to be time for the people of Israel to really and truly bow the knee to God, Yahweh. And, and his wife, Queen Jezebel, who's of, of a different nationality, and she was the one that brought in the worship of Baal into this, this, um, this kingdom. Maybe it's now time for Ahab to put her in her place. Whatever that looks like. So Ahab, so imagine now um, that Elijah is full of faith and confidence and expectation of what's going to happen. And he says he ran ahead. Now, either means two things, and we can go one or two ways with this. Either he just ran ahead of the chariot, or he just ran in front of the chariot. Because he's, he's, he's friends now with Ahab. He's friends. Come on, let's put, go and put your wife in her place. <laughs> Dangerous. Um, <laughs> So he went to Jezreel, which is where um, Jezebel was. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and also how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. So Elijah's outside, rubbing his hands, thinking, come on, this is going to happen. Then Jezebel sent a messenger. Notice she didn't go herself. She could have gone herself. She could have sent someone else to go sent a messenger to, to Elijah saying, so let the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, and that really means he was afraid, when he was afraid, when he saw that, same language in Hebrew, he arose and ran for his life. And he went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and he left his servants there. You see, if Jezebel really wanted to kill Elijah. She could have come down herself with a sword, with a few armed guards, and executed him. But she didn't. She spoke intimidation into the life of Elijah, who was a man with a nature like you and I. You don't have to put your hands up. Have you ever felt intimidated by a circumstance or situation or person or people? And it makes you feel small, it makes you feel fearful, it makes you think, what if? What if that could happen? What if my life could end? And he's running for his life, and the thing you see here there, he leaves his servant behind and he goes into isolation. Church, if ever you are fearful or feeling intimidated, don't keep yourself to yourself. Keep gathering together as the company of believers because when we're together, we can encourage each other in the Lord. We all need encouragement in the Lord. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree and he prayed that he might die. He was suicidal. And he said, it is enough. 
Now, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. And he was saying, basically, my father's and the other prophets have been killed. I'm no better than them. I'm going to die like them. Notice how God doesn't speak to that. God doesn't say a word. Because what happens next, very quickly then, as he lay and slept. And sometimes when we're in a negative headspace, we just need sleep. Yeah? Sometimes we, we, we just need to sleep. You might be shattered and you're thinking, what if, what if? But just get to bed and rest. Look after yourself. He slept under a broom tree. And suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, arise and eat. He looked and there his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down. God has not told him to go this way. He's running away. He's not doing what God wants. But do you know what? Even in his place, even in this mindset he finds himself in, even in this fear, God is still reaching down to him and providing for him and looking after him. But it's even better than when he was by the, the book Kidron, when he's been fed, um, Kareth, sorry, when he's been fed by the, the, the ravens. There they have worms and water. Now he's got angel cake. And the angel of the Lord came back and said a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat because the journey is too great for you. Because he knows the journey he's about to take. Elijah hasn't said anything to God, but Elijah knows where he's going. So he rose and ate and drank and he went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights as far as Horeb, the mountain of God. Mount Horeb was a place where God revealed himself to Moses. Where God gave the Ten Commandments, the basis of the law, to Moses. A holy mountain. And the law was, was key to any prophet at the time. Their foundation of their ministry was all based on the law. So he's going back to where it all started. Church, sometimes if you don't know what to do, go back to where it all started. Go back to where it's just you and Jesus. If you're in a time of confusion and you don't know or scared or whatever, go back to God. Go back to God. God, this is where you met me 20 years ago, 30 years ago, in a Sunday school. Oh, this is where you reached out to me. This is where I first heard about your goodness, your love for me, your faithfulness. Yeah. In the time of my life, even recently, a, a, a couple of years ago, and just something got into me. I, I heard something, and something got into me, and I started to doubt and worry and fear about what God wants to do for me and how God wants to use me. And it can get into intimidation, can get into any of us, can get into any of us. And I found myself the very next day when I heard some things which didn't do my heart any good. I was driving in a car to Peterborough. I was going to a CAP conference. But it's interesting because Peterborough was the very place where God called me into ministry. And I was driving in the car and I was like, I was, I was crying, I was yelling, I was crying, you know, God, what does all this mean? Why am I in this place? What, is, what does all this mean? Is it really true that this is true? And it wasn't true, it was rubbish, absolute rubbish, but it got into my heart. But I declared it and I was going back physically to the place where God called me into ministry. God knew what he was doing that day. I drove back to the Coventry, a different man, a changed man, because faith was arising in me. Faith can arise in you, but sometimes you just need to go back to where it all began.
God shows up in the small and the spectacular. But let's not put Elijah on a, on a pedestal. I just need to say this really, really quickly because what happened is he's in a cave. He spends a night in a cave and, and, and a, a, a voice, a gentle voice comes to Elijah saying, what are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here, Elijah? And this is what Elijah said to God. He doesn't say, I've been really scared. He doesn't say, I'm running scared for my life. He doesn't say, I've heard these words and I'm actually petrified. He says, Sorry, just run it. Um, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts. For the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone are left, and they seek to take my life. What he's actually saying is, God, I've been on fire for you. I've been on fire for you because the nation of Israel have been in sin. I've done this, I've done that. And now I alone am left and they seek to take my life. Church, we all have blind spots. This wasn't the truth. This wasn't the truth because later God was going to say there's 7,000 people in Israel that have not bowed the knee to Baal. It wasn't the truth, but we're in a negative headspace. We don't think clearly, see clearly, because it's gripped our hearts. And what he was saying is, I've been very zealous for you, God, and now this is what's happened. The nation, they, they, they need to be, have judgment upon them. So what happens? God goes, asked uh, Elijah to go to the entrance of the cave. And what happened is it says that the God moved past the, the mountain. And a, a, a violent wind shook the mountain and, and rocks smashed. But God was not in the wind. Then there was suddenly a mighty earthquake. Everything shook, but God was not in the earthquake. Then there was this, this fire from heaven. But God was not in the fire. The wind, the earthquake, the fire. And after that, a delicate, whispering, gentle voice. Here, Elijah. What are you doing here, Elijah? You see, for Elijah, he'd seen God moving in the spectacular Mount Carmel. But now God was saying to you, you know, I, I, I'm not, I am in the spectacular, but I'm not always in the spectacular. I'm not always in this big flashy show. Sometimes I'm in the small as well. Look for me in the small as well as spectacular. And on this occasion, I'm going to do what, not what you're expecting me to do. I'm not going to do it because I'm God. You can't manipulate me, Elijah. You can't get me to do what you want me to do because I see a bigger, I have a bigger vision, a bigger focus that includes so many people. And what you want to do will happen, but you don't know it right now. But right now, I'm ministering to you and I'm speaking to you in the small, not the spectacular. And so the voice goes to Elijah again and says, what are you doing here, Elijah? A man with a nature like you and I and Elijah's got the opportunity to repent, to change his mind, to change what he said to God in the first place. But he doesn't. He says exactly verbatim, word for word, exactly as they said to God in the first place. Elijah is unrepentant. This man of God, this man of power for the hour is unrepentant. I have been very zealous for you. I've done this, I've done that. Now I alone am left. And God in his mercy, accepts the resignation of Elijah. 
I believe, it's just my opinion, I believe if Elijah had changed his tune, his ministry would have gone longer. If he changed his tune, if he changed his word, his ministry would be elongated. But in the kindness of God, God was making a way out for Elijah and preparing a successor for him. Why do I say this? Because it doesn't matter who we are. It doesn't matter who we are, what we've done for God in the past, whatever we face, God's no respect to a person's. And God's got a plan and a purpose. He wants to use us in his plans and his purpose. And we can't cajole him. Say, I want it to be done my way. Children do that, don't they? Children do that. Ah, oh, children do it all the time. I want it my way. You can't do it your way. I'm daddy. <laughs> and so God in his kindness made a way. But God shows up in the small and the spectacular. And just really quickly, time is gone, but just... What if? And the what ifs have got into Elijah. What if the pathway is not your preference? What if the plan that God has, what if the pathway that God has for your life is not your preferred way of doing it? Will you still say with open hands, God, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Sometimes we've got to give up our preferences. We've got to give up what we want. We've got to live a life of surrender, haven't we? As Christ followers, we died. Our old nature died at the cross. Yeah. But beware of our blind spots. Beware of that we don't know all the answers. And Elijah wasn't aware of everything. He wasn't aware that there was people that hadn't bowed the knee to, to Baal. Secondly, what if the feelings aren't real? What if what you're feeling or what the voice that you've heard actually isn't based in fact, it's just feeling and it's making you feel fearful and intimidated? What if that isn't really real? When you're in a place, don't make any decisions based on how you're feeling. Do not base any, make any decisions based on how you're feeling. Consult wise counsel, godly counsel, people that will pray for you, stand with you, that can feed in, go back to where it all started, go back to God. God, I'm feeling this right now. I'm feeling fearful, I'm feeling intimidated, I feel I can't do this. Beware of intimidation. Where does intimidation come from? The pit of hell. It comes to kill, steal and destroy. It comes to abort things before even things happen. It's intimidation, it's the work of the enemy. Feelings aren't real. And finally, what if God has a better plan? What if what you hear or what you think might happen won't actually happen? What if actually your best days are ahead of you? What if the best days of this church are ahead of us? Beware of the unseen or be aware of the unseen. Be aware that there's, God is moving in the unseen of your life. God is moving. God can change the information, the facts into truth. The facts might say one thing, but God can cause those facts to move into truth because he is truth and his ways are truth and his word is truth. And we lean into him and he can change the direction and course of your life. He can change that di diagnosis, that prognosis. He can change that, that sense of, oh, will I ever get that job? And maybe the door will shut on that job because he's got a better opportunity ahead. Yeah. God can change everything in your life. And what if, church, as a church, God would dare to use us? We, be, we all know that we've been growing. We thank God for growth. 
But it's not about having a bunch of people here on a Sunday. It's about having individuals that we connect together as a family of God. We grow together. We relate together. We, we have, we're family together. But God wants his family to grow. And there's many reasons why, even in double services, why we, we couldn't do that. Teams are stretched. Budgets are stretched. Capacities. But what if God could help us behind the scenes to make a way? One thing I know, and I'm not sure many of you in this room and listening to podcasts will, will know this too, but God doesn't always do when you've got enough. When I've got enough, then I step out in faith and God will meet it because there's no faith then. But I know that when I've got, I've seen God show himself faithful and there's, there seems to be a growing sense and we step out in faith, God always meets the need, God always provides. Money, people, resource, buildings, properties, whatever it looks like. Because God is the God of enough. God's the God of enough in your life. He really is. What if? You know, things are, are stretched and I, and I apologise to people if, you know, you've needed a, a pastoral visit recently and I've been so busy. Forgive me. But God's best days are ahead. That's why we need to work as a team. We have a pastoral care ministry where it isn't just me. It's us. It's a team. It's God's team. And you might think, oh, but what, can I pledge into a vision offering? I've only got, it's not about amount, it's about heart. It's about heart. It's about people going on a faith journey with God. It's a faith journey. Say, God, I, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to to the beginning, I'm going to ask you, God, what, what do you want me to pledge into this offering? And whatever he says to you, do that. It's not about the amount, it's about faith. Faith is just being obedient to what God asks you to do. Ask you to serve. Ask you to give your hands, your heart. And as we are faithful and we step out in faith, then God meets it. God meets it. God meets it. One of the things about this vision offering that's God put into my heart, we've done this now, this is the third time, is it's about bringing, it's not about money. This is all about faith. And someone could say, do you know what, I want to I put 20 pounds into, into the vision offering. And if that's what God said to you, do it. Do it. Because that is what God's doing, saying into your life. Do it. Just do whatever God is asking you to do. And collectively, he's got it all. He's got it all. He's got it all. And I'm, I'm really appreciating some people that are emailing in the stories of even the last year, saying, this is our story of the vision offering. This is what happened. And this is some of the blessings that God has done in our life. If you've got a blessing of what God's done in your life, it may not be the vision of free, it might be something else, and share it. Share it. Let's stand to our feet in the presence of God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. What if? What if? Put your hands out to heaven right now, very quickly. What if? God, what if you want to use us and we're a smaller church. There's many bigger churches that you can use. And you are using. You're doing some great things among the churches in Leamington and the surrounding areas. And we thank you. It's about kingdom, not church. But thank you, Lord. What, what if you want to use this church 
on Charlotte Street that has had a presence here since um, 1937 when there's a revival in the land. And what if you want to use this gathering built on the foundations of all the previous ministries which we honour and respect and bless and thank you for? That you want to use us to even double our reach to see many more men and women, boys and girls come to know you. What if you want to use me, the person next to me? Oh God. I can have the joy and the privilege of being a part of that. Lord, I pray your blessing upon your church, your church here. Thank you for your church. Thank you for your church. Thank you, Lord, that your best days are ahead of her. Father God, your best days are ahead. Oh God, I see in my heart Oh, God, it's such an awesome church. We are an awesome church. It's nothing to do with size. It's to do with heart. It's to do with heart and faith. It's to do with the people that meet together saying, we can do this. We can do this. We can do this because God is on our side. It doesn't matter about number because God's got the, the payroll. God's got the bank checks. God's got everything. He just wants to use men and women, boys and girls, for such time as this that will dare to reach out in faith and dare to put their hand in the pocket and dare to serve despite the obstacles. And what if, if we put our hearts together? What if we put our faith together? What if we put our money together? That God, you could even, in a short space of time, make double services even too small. That they would say in our ear, like you prophesied in Isaiah 49, this place is too small. Give us a place where we may dwell. So Father, we take a step of faith. We're going to pray. We're going to do due diligence. We're going to consult. We're going to plan well, prepare well, pray well. But Father God, if you're in this, God, heart and soul, we're going to follow. I'm going to say, God, have your way. Have your way. And right now, with every eye is shut and head is bowed in the presence of God, if you're here today and you wouldn't yet call yourself a Christ follower, you wouldn't yet say, I'm a Christian, but you just think, you know, I need Jesus. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. I don't understand it all, but maybe in my heart I'm beginning to believe. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. I'm going to ask you if you would respond to God. I'm not going to call you forward. I'm not going to ask you to, to, to stand. We're all standing up. Or if you once were a Christian, once maybe gave your life to the Lord many years ago, and you somehow life's got on top of you, and you left your first love, left your love for the Lord, left following God. But today He calls you home. Not necessarily to this church, but to His relationship with Him, your Heavenly Father. He calls you back home. So whether for the first time you're saying, I, I need Jesus, I want to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Or I want to recommit my life to you. Right now, where you are standing, just do one simple thing. as a step of faith and courage. And only I will see it. Just raise your hand high. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer right now. Raise your hand high so I will see your hand. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thanks for being so patient, church. We have overrun. Let's say this prayer out loud together. Dear Father, I don't know it all. I don't understand it all. But I believe that you are God. Thank you for sending your son Jesus 
to die for everything that I've done wrong. Would you forgive me and wash me clean? I give you my life. And would you make the best of my life? I surrender everything to you. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. We hope that you enjoyed this message. For many more resources and for more information, visit our website at www.life-cc.org.